0: Welcome back to TheAnalysis.News, I'm Paul Jay, and I'm continuing my discussion with Dennis Pilash, uh, who's in Ukraine, uh, about the situation there and the geopolitics of this. And in this episode our segment, we're gonna talk more about NATO. Be back in a second. So now joining me again is Dennis Pilash, uh, he's a political scientist, historian, translator. He's an activist of the Ukrainian Democratic Socialist Organization, the Social Movement, and a member of Commons, the Commons a Journal of Social Criticism. He's on the editorial board and co-author of the book uh, "The Left Europe." Thanks again, Dennis.
1: Thank you for inviting.
0: So let's let's go into this issue of NATO NATO expansion. Um, it, it seems let me just put this as a thesis out here, Uh, some people are arguing this, that the Americans have created in Ukraine a kind of Afghanistan. In other words, suck Russia into an invasion of of Ukraine. Now, Russia has its own agencies. They don't have to get sucked into anything. And if they didn't have their own ambitions, uh, they couldn't get sucked into something uh, and, and Putin is, I'm sure, a better chess player than probably every, most of the other people on the other side, at least he had been. Uh, that being said, uh, did the Americans want this catastrophe? Did they arm Ukraine to the teeth as a provocation? Um, they, everyone knew that there wasn't a serious possibility of Ukraine being in NATO, certainly not at any time soon, but they wouldn't take it off the table. Um, did, did Putin step into something that will be a disaster and catastrophe both for Ukraine uh, and for Russia? But as, as someone sitting here in, in California right now, uh, it's a disaster for the world. Uh, one it's taken climate crisis completely off the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, everyone's getting back to fossil fuel, revving up the fossil fuel production in order to replace the Russian fossil fuel. And I got to say, I think one of the most dangerous things coming out of all this is uh, the remilitarization of Germany. It's going to be a massive expanse in the German military budget. Uh, I mean, this is turning into a pre-World War I-style shit show with nuclear weapons. And if Putin fought that this had anything to do with uh, defending russian security I, I can't imagine how he thinks he, <laughs> russia is more secure at the end of all this and and a completely destroyed may if this goes on for weeks and weeks and family after ukrainian family leaves the country and, and many of the men and boys are killed i mean w- w- what is left in Russia's on Russia's border, and they're gonna occupy this? I mean, the whole thing is nuts, which is a reflection of the insanity of where global capitalism is right now. Anyway, it's a little bit of rant on my part, but, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't ever take the attention off. Right now, there's an invasion. Right now, civilians are getting killed. Soldiers on both sides are getting killed for no damn reason. But, but what's your take on sort of the bigger picture of this? So
1: I, I would say that I agree with uh, the, the frame that this is a result of the crisis of the global uh, neoliberal capitalism. And uh, actually, um, this is like what, what Russia has done with this Ukrainian invasion is um, some, some, some way a continuation of what uh, the U.S. and its uh, allies and satellites did with the Iraqi invasion. So um, I think that uh, really uh, Putin, uh, like being a war criminal and doing this war, war crime of aggression, he, he follows in the steps of war criminals Bush and uh, Blair and, and all others. Um, and possibly he thought that he will uh, face um, the same impunity that uh, that uh, was the case with these Western imperialist powers uh, um, doing pretty the same. So you you have a unilateral invasion of the country under then you you are uh, finding and faking some uh, pretext and uh, justification why you why you did it. So now they even try to do the same with. Uh, um, uh, actually, completely. If you if you if you know a bit about situation in Ukraine, it's um, uh, completely absurd uh, claims of some some kind of uh, of weapons of mass destruction and so on. Uh, it was the same with with Iraq. And then you you do this humanitarian disaster, killing thousands of civilians, uh, like immediately in the first weeks of invasion, and um, including many. Uh, children and women and so on and uh, definitely non competent people and then you create uh, uh, something that will last for uh, for uh, like a huge uh, disaster for an entire region. So uh, I'm afraid that uh, yes, we can we can follow in these uh, steps. Uh, so it's one of the one of the worst case scenarios, of course. Like. After the the full-scale uh, world uh, war with nuclear weapons or something like that, um, again, uh, what's what's uh, 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 similarly uh, terrible scenario is being stuck into a prolonged war with uh, continuous uh, suffering and deaths of people. So if we if we get this. Uh, like the the Russian army that will constantly try to siege and and to, uh, shell shell cities and so on. So um, we um, I, I think it's important from what perspective we are um, uh, looking at the at the world world system. So um, it's it's too 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 much of concentrating on um players and uh, seeing just uh, some of them as some kind of counterbalance and so on and so on while they are really interlocked and uh, uh, i, I uh, one one could say that uh, um, probably there are more german parts in um russian tanks than uh, American um uh, rockets in some, some uh, Ukrainian arms. So uh, actually, all, all, all these sides were cooperating, and uh, I, I would say that um, in the 90s, um, the new capitalist Russia under Yeltsin and then under Putin, it was uh, conducting equally uh, horrible uh, crimes, for instance, in Chechnya, the, the war, wars in Chechnya. Uh, and it was tolerated uh, by the, the so called collective West. And um, uh, again, when, when Russia was uh, going on this authoritarian um, scenario, starting with uh, Yeltsin, President Yeltsin um, actually shooting on the parliament and then falsifying the elections and then handpicking Putin, it was everything okay for, for, for the West. Uh, and we also have these transcripts when um, of um, uh, Yeltsin and Clinton's uh, um, talks. When Yeltsin says, "Just give me Eurasia, and uh, you can do everything you want, like uh, in, in the rest of the world, and so on." So uh, again, it was this um, this way of uh, how how to we shape these imperial spheres of influence. And I think that um, it was uh, ultimately a goal of Putinist leadership uh, just to become this part of, uh, of the, uh, the club, part of the uh, this white colonizers club and to uh, like do the same what, what Americans and what uh, the British and what all others can do. The Middle East and and, uh, Northern Africa, and you see again how how all these imperialist and sub imperialist smaller players uh, tried to do in in Syria when Russia was bombing uh, um, and Turkey was uh, invading against uh, the Kurdish population, and Saudis and Qataris had their own uh, agendas and their own, some kind of jihadist groups linked. Them. So they were all using this, uh, this the nation of Syria and Syrian people as some kind of battleground for their um, imperial uh, ambitions and aspirations. So again, uh, there is a lot of talk, for instance, that Russia had sec- uh, legitimate security concerns. But when I see uh, here something like uh, legitimate security concerns on, on, on the left, um, I, I, I just compare it to some some uh, uh, official of uh, Reagan administration saying that we have uh, legitimate security concerns about Granada and we can invade it. So we have uh, legitimate security concerns about Central America. So we have to topple the Sandinista government and. Finance some uh, some far right governments here, uh, or to squeeze Cuba.
0: Well, hold on, as much I, as again, I, yes. I don't agree with the NATO argument, but just to be fair, and what Russia is saying in terms of legitimate security concerns is not they're afraid of Ukraine in and of itself. They're afraid of if Ukraine became a NATO country, if there were nuclear missiles on Ukrainian territory. That's what they're talking about i mean i, I
1: actually... it's what 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 the us was talking about cuba the russian uh, like soviet missiles and so on and and grenada has some cuban i don't know counterintelligence officers there so we have to so um uh again it, it explains the logic of of um each of these imperial powers but it um it isn't the perspective i think that we need to to look from we need to look from the perspective of the uh, the people like the people of all these countries and uh, how how these smaller um, countries and their people they have their own agency of course uh, and they cannot be denied and seen just some kind of pawn in this game uh, but of course uh, the big uh, players and uh, both Moscow and Washington or Beijing or New Delhi or you can continue Ankara and so on. Uh, they uh, try to use every situation and in their own interests, their political interests and their economic interests. So obviously, um, the the Western governments, the Western bourgeois governments, they had no uh, genuine interest in uh, um, like some some. Uh, uh like right. being real friends for ukraine of course they they were uh, they saw, saw situation as some kind of tool uh, for their own dealings uh, and uh, confrontations or um with russia um while uh ultimately uh, like ukraine was was set on its own um uh, to, to deal with uh, with this uh, invasion, so actually uh, I I would say that there is some kind of proxy war between NATO and Russia because there are no NATO soldiers uh, um, dying in Ukraine, there are Ukrainians dying in Ukraine, and this and again there are, there is no like Ukrainian offensive against Russia, and all all the prior military build up contrary to what, what Russia claimed. There were uh, and uh, independent international uh, observers. They they, uh, they were pointing out that there is build up on the Russian side, but there is no um, uh, U- Ukrainian build up for some kind of invasion or, or some kind of provocation and so on. So it, it was uh, uh, some kind of result of uh, internal dynamic, probably political dynamic, or maybe. Uh, Something linked to uh, some economic calculations, because the, the economic situation in both Russia and Ukraine is uh, was going pretty bad, and uh, um, the prospects were uh, again ra- rather rather bad for for the continuation. So it could push uh, the Russian leadership these adventurous uh, decisions.
0: If you yep. look at who benefits. Mm-hmm. It's all, as far as I can tell, sitting here, the US and the West benefits, is the one who benefits from all of this. They have a unified NATO, uh, arms sales going through the roof, uh, you know, Germany practically doubling its military budget, but of course the US will, will greatly increase their military budget. Uh, The military industrial complexes of many countries are just smiling ear to ear. So are the fossil fuel uh, companies who love what's happened with the price of oil. Um, And this last year of buildup of arms, if this is what's been going on, the Americans helping the Ukrainian government build its arms. You don't think there was a deliberate provocation here. I'll say it again. There's nothing made Putin fall for the provocation. That's, but that being said, given how much it seems to me the West benefits from this, uh, don't, you don't think the, there was some deliberateness on their part. I mean, exactly. why not? I mean, if they wanted to avoid this, they could have just declared NATO's not Ukraine's not coming into NATO, period. They, they could have declared that a long time ago.
1: Actually, uh, again, you can uh, turn the game and uh, push uh, point point on Russia and saying that that it was Russia that consolidated NATO. So why was this decision? Uh, They could predict uh, the result. So uh, why were they going into this trap? Because
0: it was so obvious. Yeah, it was so uh, obvious. Every every commentator was saying that as long as the 150,000 troops don't invade, He's dividing NATO. If they actually invade, he's uniting NATO. Everybody was saying
1: that. so. Yes, it's um, sometimes some kind of uh, decisions they they are are not so rational in in the perfect sense, and they also can uh, stem from this the, the the character the nature of. Um, uh, Unchecked authoritarian powers that has no real feedback from 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 below, and uh, that um, also much uh, uh, relies on on um, information uh, which is delivered in a way that uh, like this leadership wants to hear. So they. Uh, they, they, they uh, Analyzing why the Russian uh, army performed so poorly because they had lots of problems with logistics and with, with um, like in general, the readiness. So uh, many many uh, are assuming, uh, doing these assumptions that. Uh, Probably uh, the the picture of, of, of the, the situation and of the readiness in the West, in Ukraine and in, in, in Russia that was presented to Putin wasn't like adequate for, for the situation. And well, it's, it
0: almost it, sounds like they really weren't planning to invade and all of a sudden they were told go invade. No, it,
1: but but, but they, they, they were concentrating these forces for, for, for months. But uh, it seems that they uh, really thought that they will will have a smooth blitzkrieg in, like in Georgia, like several days, and they uh, capture some major cities, and then they can uh, force Ukraine to capitulate, and everything is okay. And they don't have like a viable plan B for this. Uh, But uh, returning to the question who benefits, in the same way, you could say that, uh, well, um at least uh in in the part of uh, um it's economic uh control actually over Russia, China is benefiting as well because now Russia has nowhere to sell uh, part of uh, its uh, fossil fuels. So it will have to rely heavily on on the Chinese side and the Chinese can uh, lower the the price and also uh, do some more economic concessions uh, given that uh, China has a powerful and dynamic economy and Russia under... um, the capitalist development, of Russia was going more and more into this kind of state without, uh, actually, it started already under Brezhnev, but not in that scale that is now when they uh, actually, uh, when they try to, uh, any kind of war is also for, for any military complex, no, not just Western ones, by the Russian one, uh, like they did in Syria, that is some kind of uh, like uh, manifesting that our, our weaponry that you can like purchase and uh, and so on, uh, but it, it seems like, like even this uh, Russian uh, high tech uh, military um, stuff it, it isn't so high tech. So it's uh, there are guys from like uh, employee of the state uh, service in Ukraine who uses an old um, Soviet Igla uh, uh, granite launcher. Uh, from the 70s and he is like hitting this uh, newest uh, russian uh, um head so again it's uh, it seems that uh, like r- russian russia's economy was really lagging on and now it will be even more dependent on um china as its primary partner
0: this yeah situation. it's it's kind of ironic because the it's, uh the it's, for, it's, there's forces around trump it's, uh, whether it's trump the individual or not but that are far-right American uh, Christian nationalist forces, many who saw Putin as a defender of Christianity and, and, and an ally, which is why there are many of the people around Trump wanted to diminish the tension with, uh, with Putin and Russia because they really want to target China. And mm-hmm. there's a very interesting speech uh, that Steve Bannon gave to a group, a right-wing group that had a meeting mm-hmm. in the Vatican a few years ago and he talked about how there's a coming bloody war with Islam and atheist China. But even that's fallen apart in the sense that they've done, all they've done now is push Russia more towards China instead mm-hmm. of being the, uh, the ally of the American right, which against China, now he's virtually could turn Russia into like a satellite of China because where else are they going to go?
1: Again, there was a speech by uh, a German admiral um, who was ultimately sacked or when it leaked, Uh, when he said, I'm a Christian and as a Christian, I I think that we must rely on Russia to fight the non-Christian Chinese. Mm. Uh, So yes, there is also this this kind of of, of thoughts. um, Well, let me just then
0: end for now, but I'd like to talk again in the future soon, but as, as, as this is so insane on every side, uh, there are so many forces, so acting. What I it seems irrationally, but I guess that's not unusual in wars because the only real rationality here is how much money all the oligarchs mm-hmm. make, make out of war. But that being said, uh, what does it make you feel? There is serious conversation now about the use of tactical nuclear weapons. Mm. It's like, I mean, it's beyond beyond insane they're talking about nuclear weapons as if they're just another weapon. They're not even using, you know, people watch the analysis, they know I'm working with Daniel Ellsberg on this thing called, based on his book, Doomsday Machine, but you don't hear the phrase Doomsday Machine. Mm -hmm. They're talking about as if you could have tactical nuclear weapons. And one, it wouldn't cause devastation in the entire region. And two, somehow it, Gets contained and doesn't become a of nuclear war. I mean, it's 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 beyond an insanity. But you're there where they're talking about using tactical nuclear weapons.
1: And and what's what's uh, what's one of the most uh, tragic uh, issues is with what easiness, like some Western experts are speaking, uh, as long as it. Uh, um, Concerns just Ukraine, so yeah, China may use uh, weapons, uh, nuclear weapons against Ukraine, as if it's uh, it's some kind of second-class people. Mm, as long it's no, not us, it's not 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 not, not a problem. And, and it's really after we, we had after the tragedies of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, uh, it was an almost consensus. That uh, these weapons, they they shouldn't be used in any case, and yes, it was uh, some justification for the storage of uh, and amplifying the, the number of of of, of the uh, the nuclear weapons as if they were some kind of um, containment, yes, and so on. Uh, but now we see that like the beast is unleashed, and uh, uh, the the beast of this like nuclear war. Possible and uh, the the nuclear pro- non proliferation is now also uh, going to the dustbin. Uh, it seems as if uh, uh, again, if we speak about uh, like um, um, the context of, of uh, the war uh, in in Ukraine, Ukraine uh, and then uh, Kazakhstan and Belarus, they. Uh, mm, Give up the remnants of the Soviet uh, nuclear arsenal that that were here, and we were like the third uh, nuclear power, uh, accidentally. Uh, in exchange for this Budapest um, memorandum, in, exa- in exchange for uh, the guarantees of the security and uh, um, territorial integrity and non-interference into um, uh, the affairs of the country, and uh, well. Like the president was said that uh, this uh, memorandum went to dustbin, and like Russia did what it did, and it, uh, like uh, again, a unilateral aggression, and Russia being a nuclear power. And uh, this uh, only shows uh, all, all the countries throughout the world that you need the nuclear weapons to prevent uh, some kind of uh, intervention uh so uh, i i'm afraid that again and we we have lots of lots of other conflicts we have we have india and pakistan over kashmir we have the case of iran and israel we have uh, and so on and so on so uh it, it may be like a start of a, a really terrible uh, and disastrous uh, way to to the world ends, uh, but- So, so
0: shouldn't, shouldn't Ukraine, I know this is not a very popular position given Ukrainians are fighting and shedding blood right now, but shouldn't uh, Ukrainian government declare now, no NATO, there will never be nuclear weapons on Ukrainian soil, why not take those two things off the table, not as part of negotiations, just unilaterally declare it?
1: Uh, I, I think that... Because otherwise, it, it how, was, does
0: this, how does this war ever end? I mean, it, it, it could go on for months. It, it,
1: it, was, it was said in the, uh, the words of, of the, the president and the minister of uh, foreign affairs. That these things can be taken off the table, but they, at the same time, they are afraid of, uh, like, doing this uh, in a way that, uh, uh, like... Uh, Leaves Ukraine without any negotiating power. Actually, uh, I'm afraid that uh, that people are not sure whether uh, what, what are the real intentions of the, of the Russian side and um, like all, all this stuff about demilitarization that can be um, uh, can be given uh, all the range of meanings that. Uh, Completely differ from e- each other, and I'm, I'm I really think that uh, like in the in, in such cases, uh, the optimal of course solution would be to demilitarize the aggressor, the, as it was with the U.S. and Iraq, as it is is, is Saudi Arabia against uh, Yemen, um, or in this case with Russia against Ukraine. So, um, of course uh, it's it's the victim who pays the the, the this uh price uh, for for this, not not the aggressor unfortunately. Um, so uh I, I I really I'm really not sure as uh, what, as if now Zelensky will say that we guarantee that we are outside NATO, and uh, there were actually no real talks that, uh, like, uh, it was more about some kind of uh, rhetorical blackmail. yes, that uh, after the Budapest memorandum is torn off, then we, we can feel free. Uh, but uh, no one was seriously, seriously considering that uh, there can be any kind of nuclear weapons in Ukraine, especially given our history with Chernobyl and, uh, and so on. So, I, I would say that it, it wasn't, um, it was never on, on the table.
0: But the, American, uh, the Americans want to fight for the principle to the very last Ukrainian life. Uh,
1: again, it's, um, uh, it's uh, speak, it tells a lot about the, the mood of, of imperial power. Uh, but the issue is that uh, it's not the Americans who are fighting to. So uh, and uh, unfortunately, we are pressured to, to the situation when, uh, well, it seems uh, that uh, some reasonable negotiations uh, from the side of, of, of uh, Putinist uh, autocracy, they will be uh, only allowed uh, either in case when they, Force uh, uh, a bigger invasion and then they uh, grab a bigger chunk of Ukraine. Or in the case when their invasion that is now already stalled, that it will be uh, going down and they will have no other option as to finally um, get uh, and to speak with the Ukrainians whom they uh, uh, called so much uh, uh, brothers but actually uh, then unleashed the bombs and airstrikes on the, the heads of their brothers. So, um, but I, I was this, also-
0: Just fu- yeah. finally, what, what do you want from the international left? What position should they take? Yeah. So,
1: uh, I, I also wanted to address the issues that you um, also, also mentioned several times that I think it's part of the solutions that we need also on the international left. Uh, the issue of the fossil fuels. And um, general. if we uh, look into the anatomy of uh, lots of these aggressions, uh, Saudi Arabia and its criminal war in Yemen, or uh, what the fossil fuel companies, uh, the role they played in the Iraq invasion, uh, or that Russia being a fossil fuel empire, um, how it was intervening not just into Ukraine, but it also was using this um, its fossil fuels as a leverage against uh, other Soviet states like Belarus, and uh, then intervening to um, suppress the protests in uh, Kazakhstan and Belarus, and so on. Um, it highlights and and the, yes, yeah, the, the, the outcome of this is uh, more fossil fuels. At the same time, we need to push uh, for for completely opposite that. Uh, If we had a democratic green transition more radical than the Green New Deal, something uh, real, eco socialist alternative to the existing fossil fuel capitalism, it would uh, uh, obviously dismantle this current architecture of uh, fossil fuel companies and fossil fuel empires uh, uh, with with their aggressive wars. So, uh, this is also a part of the solution. In the long term, that can be proposed. But here and now, again, I can speak uh, on 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 behalf of, of of my comrades and and the people here, uh, and um, well, the people in other countries. They can um, choose what is what suits them and what maybe isn't um, compatible with some of their uh, convictions. Uh, but at this this moment it seems like uh russia isn't going to to stop it isn't going to uh even if if ukraine does some uh, significant concessions and so on so they are really pressuring and doing more and more uh um, uh more excesses against the uh, civilian populations. So there were reports of some random shootings of, of people and so on. So um, we need um, uh, this demand of the withdrawal of the Russian troops from Ukraine um, and to uh, actually to to, to have a, a peace process, but not the the gun uh, near near your head. So uh, and. Uh, pressure the the leadership of Russia into uh, this uh, process, uh, we need uh, – first, we need maximum support for for the people of Ukraine. I mean, the humanitarian aid for um, the people uh, who were affected by the war, uh, a help for the uh, refugees from Ukraine, uh, meaning all people who had flee, notwithstanding with their uh, origin and their citizenship. So, uh, again, this situation has already, uh, already shown that there was more capacity uh, in the West, in Europe, to um, greet refugees. And uh, it highlighted uh, that um, like refugees need to be treated humanely. And this, this is what has had to be done with uh, uh, the refugees from uh, fleeing from Afghanistan, from Somalia, from um, Syria, from from all other conflicts, especially those conflicts where uh, European powers had their hand uh, as well in. Um, and uh, I think that it should be um, now when we see, obviously, for for some obviously reasons that Ukrainians are. The poorest um, country in Europe, but they are still in Europe, so they are uh, treated more humanely by, by the uh, Europeans. Uh, so this has to be a template for for all uh, all other refugees and asylum seekers. That uh, we need really to rethink this system and uh, to guarantee open borders for for people who who try to. to uh, to flee war and misery and uh, and death because we have uh, we we have governments like Boris Johnson in the UK who who are like big friends of Ukrainian people but due to their anti-migrant policies and anti-refugees policies uh, it's quite hard for Ukrainian seekers of asylum and refugees to get into into this country so we can see this hypocrisy and um uh, people on the ground have help like all all people from Ukraine and giving their maximum assistance. And it means also helping all other refugees as well. So this is this issue. I would also argue that uh, I I understand that many people with pacifist convictions and people who uh, think that uh, any kind of continuing of Ukrainian resistance is somehow uh, bringing closer um, some bigger conflict and so on uh, but uh i'm afraid that this is uh the case is that uh like uh when uh, ukraine um ceases to resist it um its people are under the threat of uh, ceasing to exist as a, as a, uh, an entity so, uh, like the The Russian side is uh, really um, uh, committing uh, uh, committing atrocities that uh, cannot be justified. So uh, this is why um, people of Ukraine need assistance, and uh, including uh, for for their their resistance, uh, both uh, military and nonviolent. If you uh, see, um, if you feel that you cannot uh, support like any kind of weapons for ukraine and so on uh, then you can concentrate on uh, humanitarian issues but still uh, you you have not to just uh, take uh, ukrainians from the picture as um, living people so you need to to understand the, 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 the plight and the suffering of, of, of them and uh, in order to rebuild and recover reconstruct uh, the country after the war uh, we need um, a complete uh, rethinking again of, of, of the uh, of this neoliberal capitalist uh, dogmas and we need a cancel a cancellation of Ukrainian external debt if we are If we will succeed in this, again, this can be a template used for for, um, other countries, especially especially in the global south, that had been victims of uh, uh, these traps set by the international financial institutions, uh, that then then they can pressure for getting uh, the same conditions. They were forced in terms of war, in in um, in uh, times of uh, uh, other uh, complicated situations, to to get all these loans to to pay off the previous loans and then all this uh, fiscal austerity. So this has to be stopped. And this has to be stopped in the case of Ukraine as well. And our organizations with our uh, comrades in the European left parties are now uh, struggling for writing off um, Ukrainian debt and uh setting a precedent for for uh, all other people's fighting against uh, this uh and uh um, again to to rebuild the country you you need funds from uh from the same people we need to take them from the people who robbed uh Ukraine who robbed Russia who robbed uh, uh all all our our people uh, that are the capitalist class in 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 our states um
0: so expropriate and, uh, the oligarchs.
1: I, I would say yes. That we need, uh, contrary to these neoliberal measures that are uh, seen as something without alternative by, by all us, our governments and, like Ukrainian government in, uh, specifically, uh, we need to expropriate the oligarchs, expropriate their property and uh, turn it to uh, recover. To rebuild the country, and also that property that is uh, stored in tax havens, and uh, I mean th- that that assets that are in these tax havens, because even with these personal sanctions against Russian oligarchs and members of the Russian ruling class, uh, they have lots of loopholes to to use to uh, get to uh, get get off with with uh, with what they. Deprived their own people of, Uh, and uh, I I would say that again, we need to check, in general, to challenge the system of um, imperialist powers. There is not, there is not not one imperialism in the world. There are competing imperialists, and um, um, one shouldn't uh, expect from. Uh, From some of these imperialist powers to bring on a a more just world. They will just tore it apart to to their more spheres of influence, but it it wouldn't mean something uh, of of kind of democratic and. egalitarian world order, um, it, and we need to stop uh, this aggression as we need to stop all other aggressions, and we need not differentiate and to say this this uh, aggressor and this imperialist is better than that one. So, notwithstanding, be it Western and American, be it uh, Russian, be it uh, Turkish, be, be it Saudi Arabian, uh, they are um, bringing the same. To, to the peoples uh, whom they invade and whom they um, drive of their uh, lands and their uh, lives, so uh, I, I think we need uh, think in the terms of, of people of ordinary people throughout the world of common people. Um, of, of those people in uh, now now in Ukraine, we have um, it, it's really. Um, uh, these striking pictures of of, of of ordinary common working class people who who get to try to stop Russian armed vehicles with their bare hands, uh, and who who try to uh, somehow uh, resonate uh, those soldiers who were sent to to kill them that they don't have to be here and uh, they have to go home and probably to, to deal with their problem at home. So we, we have to deal with our uh, biggest problem that is this uh, um, neoliberal capitalism um, in, in all, all countries. In our countries, obviously some kind of peripheral uh, oligarchic capitalism, but I wouldn't say that the uh, Western capitalists are much nicer than, than our ones. So- uh, uh, No,
0: these are, uh, <laughs> if you want to talk the war same. crime. Well, it's not a. It's not even the same in the sense that uh, no, 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 no oligarchy or country has committed war crimes on the scale of the Americans. Yeah, because they had, they had it. They had the the, the tools. It's not because uh, they have evil yes. DNA. It's a process of history. United States yes, yes. became the power, but they certainly have committed war crimes. So uh, yeah. have listen, I've said on air. You know, I'm a. Yes. I'm a dual citizen. I have Canadian and U.S. citizenship, and I've said a few times, if Canada could be the imperial hegemon, they would jump at it, if the elite Canadian elites, just not the cards they have. Anyway, Dennis, thanks very much, and we'll, we'll do this again, thank I you. hope soon. Please stay, please stay safe thank as you. you can while you're out there doing your we'll work. Try. Okay, and thank you for joining us on the TheAnalysis.News. <laughs>